0: I'm grateful to be here. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Do you all have your notes? Okay. So, if you were here last night, how many of you were here last night? Okay. So, you got a deep dive last night into three of the 21 ways. This morning, I was in prayer. I felt the Lord say, Why don't you do more of an exhortation this morning on all of the first seven? So, last night, if you're here, you got three of the seven. This morning, you're going to get all seven of the first seven. And, um, And so if you weren't here last night, and and I believe the message will be available online starting tomorrow, if you want to go deeper into some of those first seven, you'll want to watch last night's. But for this morning, uh, you're going to hear some really fresh teaching on all uh, the first seven. So if you pull out your little reference card there, there's 21 ways on it. That should be in your bulletins. Did you all get one of those? Okay. So let me just give you a little background of how Love Speaks came about. Uh, I'm an equipping evangelist, first of all, which is kind of fun. I get to travel the world and equip believers to grow deeper in relationship with Jesus. That's really what Love Speaks is really about. It's just a, it's just a sense of as you go through the material and as you go through all the different ways in the book and, and, and the different resources that we have for you, you will grow deeper in fellowship with the Lord. And as you grow deeper, you'll recognize his voice far more often. And as you do, you can then share his love far more often and authentic love, real love, touching the world that needs Jesus, come on. So that's really the the secret sauce behind Love Speaks. It's learning the ways so you can then become the minister of those ways out to the world. be able to have a conversation with somebody new today and say to them, I know God is real because he talked to me today. And they're gonna look at you and go, what what God are you talking about? You mean the God who created the whole world, he talked to you? And you can say, yeah, and he's talking to you. And then you can go into the prophetic and give him a word and off they go, right? So that's how it's designed. And how it came about is that nine years ago, Uh, and I shared this last night, I got sick with a very serious form of melanoma, skin cancer, and I knew it was the enemy because it started right here on my leg in a spot that never saw the light of sun. It started on a birthmark, spread into my body, and it became very, very deadly. And, uh, I can remember the moment in the doctor's office where my world just fell out from under my feet, and I, and I, I was not given much time to live, so, uh, uh, but, but the doctor said, listen, listen, you have a, a great opportunity here because there are new treatments that are just being invented. They're experimental. Uh, we're going to believe for your, your full restoration. And, and, and he gave me five options initially. One of them was don't do anything. And honestly, if I had taken that one, I would not be here with you because people that have that level of cancer are, are most of them, the graph showed within one to two years, 98% of them are gone. They're dead. So I knew I had to do something, but I didn't know which course to take. So I go to prayer nine years ago, and I felt like the Lord say, I'm gonna make it clear to you. And at the end of the summer, I had to make the final decision. It was right before uh, kind of early mid-September-ish. And Lord, what do I do? So I'd been praying all summer and seeking Him, but in one weekend, I had eight unique contacts from God, meaning the supernatural contacted me, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, eight different ways. So you say, well, is that even possible? Oh yeah, Um, I'll I'll give you an example. Abraham, Abraham had 10 contacts with God over his lifetime. So from the time he was 75 years old until the time he was 125 years old, Abraham, in that era, had 10 moments with the Lord. I had eight in one weekend. What I'm gonna teach you today is you can have 10 contacts with God in one day or 20 or in one week or more, or more, or more, why? Because there's an acceleration right now. We are in the last of the last days with the acceleration in the spirit that's happening all around you. There's an acceleration of the Lord as the mighty warrior getting his troops prepared for battle. So you need this content because you're gonna learn how to hear his voice, get your own marching orders, know what you're called to do so that when the battle comes and there's persecution all around you, you can stand for the God man and know who Jesus Christ is for you. And because you know who he is, and you know what you're called to do, you can stand in the evil day and persevere. We're preaching now, all right. So I have these eight unique contacts with God and I knew which direction to go. And by the way, the treatment he led me into was I believe the toughest of the four. Immune therapy, it's called, it's it's something that was missing in my immune system, didn't see the cancer as a threat. It was like, it just bypassed it. It didn't kill it. So they have to give you drugs that elevate your immune system so you can fight the disease, which means you get a fever. So unlike radiation or chemo, which which kills cells, immune therapy is meant to build the cells in your body. It's gotta be invented by God, it's quite a treatment. But the side effect is you get sick. So, uh, So I got sick five days out of seven for the first 69 weeks of treatment. Uh, and I, I shared this lesson, I'll share it with you, that I, in the middle of that, felt like God said to me, Carl, this cancer is an attack of the enemy to try to kill you before your time. You have so much to give to this world, you gotta fight this thing. If you're gonna live, you have to fight it as aggressively as he is fighting you. So I took this treatment by faith, and I went through those 69 weeks, and I, at one point I begged the Lord, please make it stop. And I remember he said to me, it's not gonna stop yet, you have to keep going. Four more weeks, it'll stop on this date. Well, I kept going. I was weeping. I mean, it was painful. It was fevers every night, and I kept going by faith, and I got to that 68th week, and my doctor took a biopsy and found, oh, you know what? We had killed it, but it's back. So the cancer had come back. So he stopped the treatment the 69th week, just like the father had said to me, and then we had to change treatments and go again. So I want to say to you this, no matter what you are going through this morning, because every one of you is facing something, there's a fire that you're in, but the fire that is in you is greater. Can I say that again? There's a fire you may be in, but the fire of the spirit in you is greater. There was a fourth man in the fire, in in the fiery furnace, his name is Jesus, he is with you in the battle, just stay with him, he'll pull you through. So I wrote down all these ways. I had more than seven. I I wrote down 21 ways. They became Love Speaks, the book. We have them here. There are 21 ways to learn how to hear his voice. This morning, I'm gonna teach you on the first seven. They're the very common ways. So if you have your quick reference card and you have a pen, you do have some notes in front of you. Those will be good for four of the seven. So as we get to them, I will instruct you. Does someone have an extra pair of notes I could just take a look at? Okay. I'll kind of instruct you as we go, thank you, as we kind of go through it, I'll kind of instruct you where in your notes the the four are that I covered three of them last night, so we'll kind of go that way. But let's start with just a, a little bit of a foundation for you of Love Speaks. Love Speaks comes from Jeremiah. Love comes from the scripture, Jeremiah 31, verse three, which is an incredible scripture because in the context of the day, He's a prophet prophesying to a people that have left their first love. They, they have left their first love. In fact, by the time we get to Jeremiah, if you remember the staff that Moses had raised in the wilderness, it was a serpent on the staff, and if the, the children of Israel looked with faith upon the staff and the serpent, they were healed. Do you remember that story? Okay, today in medical terms, that staff and the serpent is still on every medical uh, doctor, uh, you can find it in every hospital, everywhere. It's all based on that scripture. Look upon this with faith, you'll be healed. Incredible foundation for our medical community. Well, guess what? By the time of Jeremiah, the children of Israel had taken the staff and made it an idol. Wouldn't you think God would be incensed with that? Well, he was, but he didn't show it. He says in Jeremiah thirty-one three, in spite of all you're doing, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you to me in loving kindness. The picture in the Hebrew is like drawing a bucket from a well. You put a bucket in fresh water, you draw it out. That's the love of the Father even to a people in apostasy, because he knew he would send his one and only son one day that would be the agape love that would invade this world with the power and love of Christ, defeat Satan, he would die upon the cross for your sins, he would be raised again for your justification, he would ascend into heaven in glory, and his love would be continually poured out to his enemies until every one of his enemies that he's called to become his friends become his friends, and you this morning have turned from enemy to friend. Come on, preach it. And the word speaks comes from Jeremiah 33-3. Another promise, call to me and I will. Is it, can it be any simpler? Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. So you can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God today. You can respond to his love penetrating you today. So let's teach you on all of the first seven. The first one is called the established word. And just take a lot of notes. You don't have notes for this in there, but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some nuggets on these first seven. Oh, thank you. That's my sword. We, we spared, thank you. Oh, go ahead. No, model it for us. Come on, Pastor Shar. Come on, give us some more moves. You've got the moves. Okay. <laughs> all right, she'll give us some moves in a few minutes, I'm sure, with the sword. Okay, listen. I have a gift for you, by the way. I uh, just want to let you know. I'm going to pass this around. It probably won't get to everybody, but you can see me at the table. Um, we, I, I write a special devotional once a month. How many of you receive received one of my devotionals? Raise your hands. Awesome. Are they any good? Yes. I got no from Pastor Bob, and everybody else, yes. Thank you, Pastor Bob. You just lost your $5 tip, Pastor Bob. Okay. I'm going to pass this around. If you'd like to become a part of our e-letter, I write a once-a-month devo. I put a video clip of one of our fresh films in there as a gift. My next one is coming out this week. I've just written it. Uh, and there's a free ebook for you if you sign up as well called Hearing the Voice of Our Father. This morning, we're going to cover two of his five ways the ebook covers all five of them. So please feel free to join that. Now, we're going to look first of all at the established word, which is the Bible. If you have your Bible, hold them up, hold them, hold them up with me. Now now get this when I, when I first came to Christ at the age of 20, right? Hold up your Bibles, if you have them, or your phone, if it's on your phone, whatever. Just hold it up for a minute. I'll give you a little of my testimony. I came to faith because, because I was a skinny little college kid, and this radio disc doctor that I became friends with invited me over to his house for dinner, and he and his wife were cooking a dinner for me, so I went, because of course, there's food there. And I was just a good Lutheran boy thinking I knew who Christ was, but I was just I knew who Martin Luther was. And, 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 and we, we worshiped the Father and the Son and the Holy Book, so we worshiped this thing, but we didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. And anyway, he turned on his TV after dinner and said, let's all watch this program, and it was John Osteen, who's the father of Joel Osteen in Texas, and John was an on-fire, Holy Spirit-filled Baptist, former Baptist preacher, and he would say, every time, and, 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 and he'd say, hold up your Bible like this. Well, all I had was the Robert Shuler Hour of Power edition. I have the hour of power Bible. So I'm holding on my hour of power Bible, and Osteen goes, everybody repeat after me. So let's do this. Everyone re- repeat after me. Ready? Yeah. I am what this book says I am. I am what this book says I am. I can do what this book says I can do. I can do what this book says I can do. Amen. And, you know, and, and on and on it went. And I did this for about six weeks with my Robert Struthers Bible. And then one night I was just so convicted, I didn't know the God of the Bible. And I went home and I bowed my knee to Jesus Christ. And instantly after repentance, the faith came there, the, the room lit up with light, and I was, I was in the kingdom. That was my experience. So, so the established word, it really is the truth with a capital T. And all I want to exhort you on in this first way is to say this. We have entered into a time of history that is extremely challenging because I believe we are coming near the final battle. And as we approach that final battle of all of human history, your enemy is gonna seek to raise up continuous persecution of governments and religious systems against you. And you can see it happening all around you today. But it's going to accelerate. So as that accelerates, what you must do is get a hold of some truth, some doctrine, some what I call in Love Speaks chapter one, hills to die on. Don't die on, okay, can I just be really candid with you? Don't die on the abortion hill. It's not worth it. Unless you're really called to it, and you might be. I know very few people that are really called to die for an abortion issue don't die on a governmental issue that is not the truth. Die on this one. If the government comes to you and says, you must deny Jesus Christ as your savior, die on that hill. You look the government in the face and say, I believe Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth and the only life and I will follow him until I go and if you tell me to reject him I'm not going to reject him. I'm going to follow him until the end and let them kill you. That's what 30 million of your brothers and sisters did in the first century and that's the blood of the martyrs as the seabed of the church. Die on that hill. And also, can I just say, can you learn to fall in love with study again? The the, the first way is, is, is built on the Greek word logos, which means the established body of truth. Learn to study it, get in it on a weekly basis. I mean, be in it all the time, but Study it, learn the context, learn who it was written to. Why was it written? What was the purpose of that particular book? Because because 2 Timothy says all scripture is inspired by God. Do you know you can stand on that? It might have been written by men or women but it's inspired by God. That means every scripture is the truth. (laughs) Okay, we're preaching now. That's way number one, the established word. So I want to go into way number two, but I want to share with you something unique that happened to me, and then we're going to watch a couple of quick film clips to really lay a foundation for love speaks and the established word and how the Bible is all about relationship, because it is. It's about a relationship with the one that wrote it, right? So in the middle of battling cancer, uh, by the way, at this time we had a very successful wedding video company. It was called Princess Bride. I did a few lines last night. Uh okay, I can do one, you know. Inigo montoya to the man in black. Pardon me, I don't mean to pry, but do you happen to have six fingers on your right hand? The man in black. Do you begin all your conversations in this manner? Okay. Now, um, so so we did this. Company, Princess Bride, was very successful and everything. And then I, I got sick with cancer, and then that had to go. So we had no way to survive or pay the bills. And God says to me, Carl, I'm giving you a new calling. You're going to become a media missionary. I thought, what does that mean? I wrote it down. And he reminded me, he said, Carl, you've got a great love of history. And you're telling these love stories every week for your clients. Now tell the greatest love story of the book, The Bride of Christ for Her Bride. So it was like, oh, that makes sense, Princess Bride. And now I'm to tell the stories of the bride of Christ, the church, and go back in church history. So, so to develop this thing, and long story short, I didn't know anybody in media around the world at all when I started by faith, shared the vision with a bunch of families. They started to sew each month. We started to build a support base, and God said to me in London, okay, make, make one episode for television broadcast per way in the book. So the assignment was make 21 episodes. And at the time, I didn't even know I, didn't even know I could make a five-minute story. He said, no, make them 2840. I want to put them on TBN. And I laughed. I don't know anybody. I don't know anyone at TBN. And the Lord laughed back. That's okay. I do. <laughs> oh, I guess you're God. Yeah, I guess you know the people at TBN. So long story short, we've now produced 14 of the 21. I'm currently producing the final seven now. Every dollar you've donated, or at the table donated for resources, is going towards finishing the seven year assignment to make 21 episodes. The 14, this is the promo, the one minute trailer, you're about to see. These 14 have been seen on TBN USA to 120 million homes, TBN UK to 24 million homes, TBN Nordic, and TBN Africa. So God has taken this simple guy with this little message and, and distributed all over the world. Let's watch the one minute trailer and then a clip from Lauren Cunningham. I'm Carl Wesley Anderson, a storyteller on a journey through time to discover and recognize the voice of God. This is a collection of virtually untold stories of salvation history, an ongoing narrative where we find that God has been faithful to appear and speak in every generation. And because he's been that faithful, he'll appear and speak to you and I in our own generation. Each film in the series is based on a chapter of my book, Love Speaks, and will equip you in a new way to hear God's voice. I also interview modern leaders from around the world to give us their fresh perspectives on hearing the voice of God. Come along with me as we journey together and discover that love speaks. All right, isn't that awesome? So here's a clip starring the founder of YOM, Lauren Cunningham, giving us the foundation of the Bible and the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm more than thrilled to say I'm here today in Kona, Hawaii on the Big Island with Lauren Cunningham. Lauren, you're the founder of Youth With A Mission, or as it's become beloved in the nation's YWAM. First of all, thank you for joining me for uh,
1: for these thoughts and stories. Aloha, Carl, you are welcome. And that's the way we say it here in Hawaii, aloha. Let me try that, aloha. Yeah, that's right. And what does Aloha mean? It means the sharing of of the spirit and of breath. Awesome. Let me read you a quote that you give in
0: here and how you comment on this? (sighs) Guidance is first of
1: all, a relationship with the guide. Tell me about that. What the Bible is about is relationship and it's first a relationship with God. And secondly, the horizontal with one another or in family, or in business, or in all categories of society. It's all based on relationships, which is based on the truths of God's, God's word. So when we understand that the, the Bible is about relationships, then when we begin to understand relationship, doesn't happen unless there's communication. So communication with God, you're saying, it's based on our relationship, Right. Absolutely. It... And the deeper the relationship, the more clarity there is. And of course, that has to do with maturity in that relationship.
0: So, let's boil this down. All Christians, all believers watching
1: th- this this moment, everyone can hear the voice of God. Absolutely. That's your, your not only your responsibility to receive and, and give back, because He commands us to pray. And we're to pray without ceasing Well, what does that mean it means a communion with god constantly
0: amen isn't that powerful and he's just said a word in there responsibility it really is your responsibility to take what you're hearing today and then put it into practice if you put it into practice you're going to get better at it it's it's an ongoing dialogue as he said or relationship with the lord so We're going to go to the living word, which is also, it's in your notes. If you just flip a couple of pages there, it's going to be way number two, the living word with that picture of the sword. Now, I won't have time to teach you a full measure on this today, as I said, but if you watch last night's message starting tomorrow online, you're going to get about 15 minutes on the living word. I'm just going to highlight a few thoughts of it for you this morning because I want to get on to the other ways of the seven. But the living word is very simply, it's a different word than we just looked at. The established word is the Greek word logos. If you didn't write that down, you can write that down. Logos is L-O-G-O-S. That's a particular word. That means the established body of truth. But once you get to rhema, you'll find the Apostle Paul uses this word, rhema, R-H-E-M-A. It basically means this. As you are in, in devotion, devotional times with the Lord, you're in prayer about a particular need, or you're praying for someone else, and you'd love to give them a word from the word, however it's going, as you're in the word, it's like the Holy Spirit illuminates a verse or a set of verses, maybe a chapter, but it's usually a verse or set of verses, and it's like he blows upon it like this. And it's like that verse comes off the page and goes into your spirit, and it becomes alive. Raise your hand if this ever happened to you. A living word. Look at this. Now, let me give you a challenge. How long did the manna that God created last in the wilderness for the children of Israel? So, okay, we've got some Hebrew scholars. Very good. All right. One day was what I'm going for, and then speak to our scholars for more. Okay. (laughs) It was living. It was like you had to eat it that day. And if you let it go, it wasn't there the next day. I want to say to you, it isn't good enough if I speak to you at the book table today and I say, hey, when's the last time you heard from the Lord? And you go, well, he gave me a verse of Scripture a year and a half ago. That was great a year and a half ago. Did you know you had another 516 opportunities to hear God's voice since then? Because every day you can go to the word. Why? Because Jesus Christ is alive and he is the living bread. He is the living manna. He says in John, come down from heaven to feed you. Feed on Christ, feed in his faithfulness. He'll speak to you every single day if you seek him in the word. I can come back here one year from today and preach say, hey, how's it going? And all of you wacko Christians like me can say, it's going great. I listened to your message. I've got a journal with 365 words in it. That's what I wanna see. Okay, some of you are looking at me like, really, really, you can receive the living word every day. At least what I want you to do is go home today And I'll give you an assignment. I didn't even highlight this last night, but it's in your notes. Just turn to the last page. I'm gonna give you an assignment right now. Last page. It says, outreach application. Minister a word from the word to another person for three days. So you're gonna start this today. If you're willing to learn and grow and become a true warrior for Christ, here's what you're going to do. You're gonna take your cell phone. You're gonna find a person in there that you wanna pray for. Going to be a friend or family member. You're gonna find their name and you start praying for them. You're gonna say this, write this down. There's three categories of verses you're looking for. Just write this down on that on that paper. You're looking for a verse of comfort, a verse of edification, or a verse of exhortation. So comfort, edification, exhortation. Comfort is pretty simple. That means a verse that will comfort them edification to build them up, exhortation to exhort them. Those are your categories. So if you go start looking in your Bible for a verse and you you stumble upon, you know, and the Lord thy God shall give thee boils upon thy skin. Rebuke that one, that's not of God. Go, no boils on the skin words, okay? You're You're looking for like, you know, something that'll bless them. And you're gonna type it out and you're not gonna be all religious about your language, you're not gonna say, I heard from the Lord God of heaven and earth this morning for thee. Thus saith the Lord. Don't do that. Don't use King James. (sighs) Just be real, authentic. I was praying for you today. I thought I'd bless you with this. Quote the scripture, hit send. That's all you have to do. So simple. I dare you to do that today, tomorrow, and the next day because what you're going to find in a few days are some responses back from your friends and they're going to say things like, That word just ministered to me. Thank you for listening for me. Do you know how simple it is to become a warrior for God? That's becoming a warrior. You minister to your friends and family. Give them a word from the word and send it because the word is alive. A great place to go is Psalm 23. Every verse is comforting. Every verse is exhorting. Every verse is full of life. Give them a verse from Psalm 23. Send it and watch how God blesses. All right, let's go to the next one. This is called the inner witness of the spirit. If you have your 21 ways card, we're on to way number three now. What is the inner witness? It is exactly what it sounds like. Now, I'll I'll, I'll describe this to you. We're moving from Jesus speaking through his word established word living word to the holy spirit the holy spirit speaks primarily from within meaning he is alive within your redeemed human spirit if you have made jesus christ your king and lord that means the holy spirit has come within you so now you have to learn how to dance with him right it, it's it's a it's a daily walk where he's leading you and you're dancing and it's this witness and voice and the desires of the heart That's what we're covering now, these three unique ways. So they're very common. What is the witness? The witness is when you are praying for a decision and you ask the Lord a yes or no question, you wait and listen inside for the witness. What's the answer? It's so simple. It's like a traffic light. It's either going to be green, yellow, or red. So the witness is like this. If it's a yes from God, it's a green light. It's going to be peace and joy. You're going to sense peace or joy of the Lord within you. If the answer is a caution, you're going to sense like a little bit of a tightness, like, hmm, I shouldn't go that way. And if the answer is a no from God, you're going to get a a real sense of no. That's a red light. So let me give you a couple of examples. Ah, uh, Lord, should I sin today? <laughs> Red light. It'll, it'll, it'll flash yellow and go, er, 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 no. 100 times danger, danger. 100 times out of 100, it's gonna be a no. I'll just let you know that. Okay, let's do this one. You're on your way. What's a, what's a good grocery store around here? Marketplace, you're on your way to the marketplace. This afternoon, you've heard Brother Carl preach, okay, you're hungry, let's go get some food. You're on your way in the marketplace and before you get to the doors, you say, Holy Spirit, is there somebody in the marketplace today that you'd like to bless through me? Why not Lord, would you highlight somebody and then help me have the boldness to go to them and just say to them, hey, I was having a spiritual moment, I was praying for you, I felt this for your life, would you, would you receive that, they'll be blessed, off they go. Pretty much 100 times out of 100, you're going to get green light. Yes. Why? Because his love is so passionate for the world. He wants to reach everybody in the marketplace today. So you're just one of the witnesses. You're just going in there to witness his love. So ask him, and he'll give you a green light, and then just wait and watch who he sends you to, and then just be obedient. Could it be any simpler than that? And, and the Old Testament example for this is great. If you want to write this down, Exodus 28. Exodus 28 talks about the high priest going in before the Lord's presence to inquire of the Lord. Now, the high priest wore uh, a breastplate like this, and it had 12 stones. And each stone represented a different tribe of Israel, and each one was its own unique stone. Style. It was like some of them were red, some were you know, green, emerald, ruby, different ones, amethyst. They were all different kinds of stones that they were implanted on the breastpiece, and the high priest would go in carrying the family of God. Do you know what that translates into? Into the New Testament? It's his believers, it's his church. 12 Old Testament tribes, 12 New Testament apostles. 12 plus 12 is 24. That's why when you go to Revelation four and five, you have the 24 elders around the throne. Do you know what they represent? They represent the entire body of Christ, every believer ever since Adam on forward, living or dead. You're part of those 24 worshiping the Lord. Right now, this morning as we were singing and worshiping the Lord, if you were caught up into heaven you would have seen us all up there worshiping the king of kings and lord of lords. As part of the universal one body of christ we are all unique and all different but we are one in the spirit that's what he carried before the lord 12 they're all unique you know bethel here roman catholic here the baptist here whatever they're all they all have part of the heart of jesus for the community so don't speak against them don't think against them don't pray against them bless them So he had this little pouch, and if you want to write this down, he had these two stones in the pouch. They were called the Urim and Thummim. On three, everybody pronounce those words ten times fast. Go. One, two, three. Urim and Thummim. You don't hear those words very often anymore. They were, they were very unique. This was, they were the two stones in there for a season, hundreds of years. The Lord led by the, by the Holy Spirit the people of Israel. The high priest would go in. He would say, Lord, are we to fight the army today? Are we to go against them? And he would peek peek down inside this pouch with the Urim and Thummim. One of those stones represented truth. One of those stones represented light. As he peered down inside the pouch, if one of the stones glowed, it was a yes. It's the glow of the Spirit. You're looking for the yes of God. Every day, the witness of the Spirit is the glow. He's now come within. You You have all of you have a pouch. The one stone represented truth. Do you see how truth and the spirit go together? All the way from Exodus 28 forward in scripture, the truth always lines up with the glow. When you get the glow, it'll line up with the word. If it doesn't, it's not the Lord. Now, how else does this this great God speak? You have notes on this. This is the inner voice of the spirit. just, Just forward through your notes. Go to way number four. It's right there. It has a picture of a soldier standing. This is way number four, the inner voice. What is it? It's an inaudible voice. Now, this is a key. Remember that word. It's an inaudible voice originating from within your human spirit and flowing out your mind. So I like to put it this way. You are thinking God's thoughts far more often than you think you might be thinking God's thoughts. Figure that one out. Do you see The inner voice is very, very common. It's not the external voice. Now, the external voice is rare. It does happen. It's way 21 of your list. Pastor Bob and I were having some dinner last night. He told me two stories of how he's heard the the audible voice of the Father. They both made the hair stand up on the back of my skin. They were both awesome. They were both short, sweet, to the point, and directive. It's like when when you need to hear that, and I believe one of those words helped catapult you to the right school, in the country where you met Char and the Lord already prepared you to be there. And a year later, who turns up this awesome woman? Well, I guess God had it in his mind for you two to get together. (laughs) Ask them about that story. So the inner voice is far more common. It's a sense, it's a thought or a flood of thoughts. I remember when I was praying about the book, I didn't have a title yet. I couldn't title it. I spent three weeks working on Lord. What should I title this? I had these 21 ways. I went to our neighbor who were spirit-filled, and they were praying about it, and they couldn't quite get the title. She said, how about God speaks? I'm like, no, that's too common. It's not quite there. So I, I, I had a fever from a treatment, one of my cancer treatments. I'm sweating. I have 103 fever. My wife, Sarah, is asleep, and all of a sudden, as I'm laying there about 1030 at night, It was like a flood of thoughts. I wasn't praying about the title at that moment. I was trying to get to sleep. But a flood of thoughts hit me with ideas. So I'm like, oh, that's God. So I got up and I I typed them all out on my laptop, hit save, went to bed, got up the next morning, went to my laptop. Well, there's all these ideas. And I remember that moment the Holy Spirit whispered to me, how about, Carl, how about love speaks? I'm like, ooh, I like that. That's how the thing got its title. And it's 21 ways. By the way, I said this last night. I don't have the corner on the market. There's more than 21, okay? If you, if you want to really push that button, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I got in, in the mail a book sent to me. On the day that the book went live on Amazon, somebody had sent me just spontaneously this old book from some lady I'd never heard of. And the title was 101 Ways to Hear the Voice of God. Dang. Okay, so there's more than 21 But the the book got its name from the Holy Spirit whispering to me, love speaks. Another instance of this was uh, we were praying for our son, Ethan, who was 16, going on his first missions trip to Uganda. Well, how many of you know that's a big step? You know, we're letting our little boy go out on his own with a youth group to Uganda. So Sarah was obviously concerned, I was concerned, and we were standing on a verse of scripture for his safety, that's good. You gotta have the established word. But she was in the waiting room while he had to go get his shots because you have to get all these shots to prepare yourself to go to Africa. And he's in there getting his shots, and she's in the lobby, and she's kind of praying. She says, Lord, is he going to be okay? And just like that, the inner voice whispers, he's going to be okay. (sighs) That builds faith. You can hear the inner voice every day if you're listening. You'll have to watch the recording last night to hear Robert De Niro. I don't have time to pull Bobby out this morning, but know this, you can hear the voice of God every day. I'll tell you this one story though that wraps up the witness and the voice and then we'll go to the desires of the heart. So 25 years ago, I figured out it was this morning, I was thinking, when was this? It's 25 years ago, I was doing a lot of ministry in the UK and I was invited to Edinburgh to preach. So the way it works, as you know, if you fly from this way over, I was flying over to Gatwick, You know, you fly all night, they serve you food, and by the time they kill the lights and everything, you get a couple hours sleep if you're lucky, but you get there exhausted, and then you gotta push through that first day to break jet lag, so you can't fall asleep if you can avoid it. So I get there in the morning, it's Gatwick Airport, I'm down in the luggage area, there's a thousand people, there's like 20 luggage bins full of stuff, I'm exhausted, I go up to my thing, I find my luggage, I'm like, all right, I'm thinking, Lord, now where am I going today? oh yeah, I'm going to Edinburgh, so I've got to buy an underground ticket to get me underneath London on the underground, and then I'll go up to this other station, I think it's Paddington, and then you buy a separate ticket and you take the train direct to Edinburgh. So I do all that, and, I, and I'm, now I'm, fast forward a few hours, I'm on the train halfway to Scotland, and I'm exhausted, I'm sitting there, I was trying to watch Gladiator, but my battery died on my old DVD player. By the way, these are, these are called DVDs, have you heard of them? It's a new thing. We have them available. By the way, I forgot to mention, if you donate for the DVDs or the book, whenever you get the DVDs, I'm gonna gift you all 14 episodes. These are seven of them. I'm gonna send you an email from my platform this next week with all 14, so you can have, have them all. But anyway, I'm like, all right, DVD out. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I need to worship God right now. I'm just, I wanna worship the Lord. So how do I do that? So I go to, in between the train cars are the toilets, and there's usually four seats and open windows there. So I go to the train, in between the train cars, and seats are empty. So I sit down, the windows open, the train's going. I start singing in tongues at the, at the top of my voice. I figure, I don't know what language I'm singing, but the Brits don't either. So they'll think I'm crazy, but I'm gonna worship. So I'm worshiping the Lord about 10, 15 minutes. I'm singing, I'm worshiping. The glory is there. I'm just right there. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy staring at me. And I kind of, you know, it's kind of awkward, you know, so I kind of I kind of look over and I glance over and it's this dude. And he's like, he's an old dude. He's got long white flowing hair, a long white beard. He's dressed in a one piece leather thing and he's got a big leather belt around him and he's staring at me. And I'm thinking he's either Gandalf <laughs> or John the Baptist. It's one of the two. It's John the Baptist. I'm like, Like, Pastor Bob has seen people in the spirit. I must be seeing John the Baptist. So it's a little, I keep singing for, I know, you know, it's kind of like, okay, this dude wants to talk to me, but I'm going to sing it. Okay, so I stop singing. I stop singing. He says, sir, can I have a word with you? I'm like, yep. Right away, I noticed something interesting. He's got an American accent. That's very rare. I'm I'm in England, you know? And he says, hi, my name is John. I'm like, aha, I got it. (laughs) I knew it. So... That's, by the way, that's all I ever have known of him. All I know is his name was John. He never told me his last name. He says, brother, he says, I don't know you obviously at all, but let me tell you what happened today. He said, I flew in from Newark. I'm starting a six-week mission. He said, I have a cross in the luggage area, a giant wooden cross, and God has called me to carry the cross into downtown center of all these villages and proclaim Christ and, and give them the gospel. I thought, that's really cool. He says, uh, I didn't know where to go first. I've got 6 week open train. I can go anywhere I want. He said I got to the luggage area this morning at Gatwick and I'm and I'm all the way across the room from you and I see you and the and the Holy Spirit says follow the redhead. <laughs> you know, follow the white rabbit. It's like the Matrix. Follow the redhead. So he, he gets close to me. He secretly figures out I'm buying an underground ticket. He buys an underground ticket. He travels on the car next to mine. I don't see him. We get to the other station. He listens in. He sees I'm going to Edinburgh. He buys the ticket to Edinburgh. He gets on the train. He's two cars down. And he's like, Lord, how am I going to find the redhead now? And the Holy Spirit says, the inner voice, go to the toilet now. Now. And he felt the witness, green green light. He's like, oh, peace, joy, Uh, but I don't have to go to the toilet. He argues with God. I think I would know when I have to go. I don't have to go. He's like, yes, you do, right now. (laughs) So the moral of the story, either follow the redhead or go to the toilet if the Lord tells you to. So there I am, worshiping in tongues, and he meets me. He says, can I come with you? Yes, great. He says, I don't have a place to stay. I said, listen, my host probably has a spare room. He'll probably put you up. Let's just go find out. We get to Edinburgh. We meet Ian, my host. He's got a spirit. Oh, John. I said, this is my good friend, John, (laughs) (laughs) from America. Oh, yes, John, come to our house, blah, 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 whatever. So we show up at his house. We get into the, 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 the the, the, the lounge, and Ian goes to make some tea, and John disappears. And I'm sitting there. Ian comes in with the tea. John comes in with this giant jar of anointing oil, like you'd anoint people with for healing and stuff. And he sets it on the table in front of us. And we're all staring at this jar of anointing oil. And he says, I'm from Brownsville, and there's a revival happening right now. It was the Brownsville revival. And he said, All the intercessors of Brownsville came to me before I left on this mission and brought me this jar of oil. And they said, John, you are called by God to get this oil to Scotland because I am about to move in power and revival. And this is for the intercessors of Scotland to take all over Scotland and anoint the land with oil and drip the oil into the land and they're going to see revival break out in Scotland. You have to get this to Scotland. So Ian's face lights up. He says, oh, I know what to do with that. I can do a Scottish accent if you want me to, right? No problem. Just ask me to do a Scottish accent. It's easy, right? Come on. You've come here to fight as free men and free men you are. I had the sword for a reason. I forgot. This was for the living word. You, you have to get last night's message to get the sword, you know, the whole living word thing, but that's what the sword is for. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to do the whole freedom speech? I can. Freedom speech. Okay, if I do the speech, you have to all yell freedom at the end. You all know it. Braveheart. Any Braveheart? Come on, Braveheart fans. Okay, when I get to the end, you all have to stand up and yell freedom. Okay, you you're ready? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> This guy's like, no, I'm not ready for that. Okay, I'll be braver. You come here to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do with your freedom? Will you fight? Because run, and you'll live at least a while. In dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all your days from this day until that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take, everybody up, our freedom! All right, there you go. It's the first time you've ever done that in this church. So Ian says, guess what, you'll never guess, but last week the Holy Spirit told me, gather the intercessors of Scotland, bring them all together. I have a purpose in them meeting. He said, next week on Wednesday night, I'm bringing together 150 intercessors from all the regions of Scotland. We're gonna put that oil in their hands. Come on, come on. (laughs) Okay, gotta move on, isn't this fun? Inner desires, what are the desires of the heart? Way number five, it's on your card there. I like to call this one Holy Spirit inception. So let me pose a question for you. A lot of you are praying for the will of God right now. What's the will of God for my life? How can I know it? Well, maybe it's just possible that prior to your birth, the Lord created you with purpose. The Lord put in you certain visions and plans that he wants to accomplish. And maybe he's gifted you in 10 or 15 different areas. Say, well, how do I know it's God's will? Well, maybe the answer is as simple as he already put the desires of his heart in you. So when you follow the desires of your heart, you're actually following the desires of his heart. So what is the will of God? Everybody's been taught this from birth. The Islam believes this. There's one will. It's a straight line. You do not deviate from this straight line. You stay on the line. If you, if you stumble off it, you're out of God's will. Repent and get back on it. you got to stay on that line. But is it really that? I want to submit to you, it's not. I want to submit to you that imagine this whole front area as a flowing river. So now you're, you're floating in the river. As I was coming here yesterday, I passed some of the rivers, and I saw the teenagers in their floaties, and they're floating down the river. Cool. I'm like, I wish I was one of them right now, but anyway it's like that. It's like you're on your tube. The, the will of God is like this, you know? You might go this way or that way, or you might, you, once in a while, you might come up, 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 you get stuck for a little bit, but guess what? you just a little bit of effort of the Holy Spirit, and you're back in the flow, and you flow in the river, and, and you cannot get out of the will of God, because whatever you choose, he's going to choose with you, the holy spirit it's inception the holy spirit has already planted the seed in your heart as you follow his will you're going to end up in his glory that's the desires of the heart turn with me just quickly to uh, acts the book of acts i think it's chapter 13 let me show you this let me just give you two scriptures if you want to write this down or turn there so acts 13 i think yep This is known as the beginning of the first missionary journey. Let me read this to you. Verse 1. Now, there were at Antioch in the church, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon and so forth. Verse 2. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, that's a real key, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. By the way, Pastor Pastor Bob gave me some extra time. So can I go ahead and finish these final three with you? All right. If you have to go, no problem but if you can stay with me, we're gonna have some fun here. So they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. the Holy Spirit said, now how did the Holy Spirit speak? We're not told. Probably it was a prophetic word, I'm gonna guess, because the prophets were there. So what does the Lord say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands, they sent them away, and being sent out by the Holy Spirit, do you think this was the will of God? sounds like it. I call this like a, like a fireworks explosion powerful meeting, you know? There's all the prophets and teachers and they lay hands on them and the Holy Spirit's flowing and out they go in the glory. Now, what proceeds in the next few chapters are these incredible moments and the gospel goes forth and there's opposition. They press through it, they come back to Jerusalem. That's known as the first missionary journey. Now, now watch this. What's the second one look like? Verse 36 of chapter 15 in Acts. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city to which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, some things transpired, but in the end, out goes two teams, and they proceed with what's known as the second missionary journey. Was that the will of God? Really? Are you sure? Because the first one was Holy Spirit explosions. The second one was the desires of the heart. Hey, I've got this idea. Let's just go and encourage some people. That was as much the will of God for their lives as the first service. You don't need 28 prophetic words and 16 confirmations to tell you, get out of the boat. Just get your butt out of the boat and walk on the water. some of you needed to hear that. All right. That is what the desires of the heart is. It's the fact that you can you can be walking with the Lord and just by faith launch forward if it's as simple as hey, let's go visit some churches and encourage them. Out you go and it's just as much the will of the God, the will of God as as a prophet laying hands on you and saying thus says the Lord, go out and start churches. You see the idea? So it's a river. Just remember that. Not a straight line. Go, just keep floating in that river and find and bring his glory to the nations. Okay, let's go to way number six. Now, this one is in your notes. This is nature and creation. If you turn toward the end, it's actually love speaks bonus, is what it says. Everyone can turn there. None of you actually got to this. We didn't get to this last night either, so I'm going to bring it to you here. The final two are the Father. The Father can speak to you through nature and providence. So this is nature, So it's pretty simple. God, our Father, speaks in many outward ways indirectly. Remember, those are the two ways the Father likes to speak most often. Outwardly and indirectly, through all of his creation. And these signs of his love are then confirmed by the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? Okay, we are gonna show a short two-minute clip with this one. Guys in the booth, I think this is the sixth of seven. If you have a clip back there, I think it's the last, almost the last one. If it says something like the ocean of God's love, or um, it could say love speaks moments, Cory ten Boom, I'm not sure. But if you could pull up, I think it's the sixth one. In just a minute, we're going to play that from the, from the films. But let me just tell you how simple this is. Jesus taught you, and you can write this down, or it's maybe in your notes. Matthew 25, sorry, Matthew 6, 25. So Matthew 6, 25 through 33. This is a beautiful passage. And it's really speaking of God's provision for you. But he uses this word. Jesus is out in nature. I can imagine him walking the fields with his disciples. And he says two things. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the birds of the air. Remember that passage? The word for consider, I'll give you the definition. It means to meditate deeply upon something until the full meaning of it arises. So Jesus is teaching you, if you wanna hear God's voice, go for a walk and consider the lilies. And then he symbolizes what they mean in terms of, it ends with seek first the kingdom, and his righteousness, and everything you need is gonna be added unto you. And he uses the lilies of the field and the birds of the air to illustrate it. And so when he says to you, consider, I want you to do this, take a walk this week. How about you take a walk in a thunderstorm? Isn't it awesome to do that? I I taught this in Lakeville a few weeks ago to a group, and I said to them, guys, it's spring, It it was May. I said, when you see an approaching thunderstorm, Go out and sit in it. Don't use an umbrella. Just get soaked. And experience the thunder and the lightning. Now hopefully you won't be struck and killed. If you are, don't send the bill for the funeral to me. (laughs) But you get the idea. It's like go out and just experience God. And then be open for seeing a bird or something as simple as a rock and then consider it. As I said to you nine years ago, I was very, very sick, and I had to face my second major operation. I was taking a walk by a lake near where we lived, and I said to the Lord, Lord, would you be with me in the middle of this? (sighs) Look, I don't want to have the operation. I don't want to go under again because I know there's a risk when you're putting your life in the hands of other people and they give you an anesthetic and you go under, there's a risk you might not come out. It's slim, But, you know, the enemy hits you with that. And I'm thinking of that and all of it. And God says to me, Carl, pick up that rock. So literally this rock was laying right by my feet. I picked up this rock. He said, now, what do you see? Okay, let me ask you, what do you see? What are some characteristics of this rock? What is it? It's hard, firm. What else? Solid. Shape of a shield. That's really good. Who said that? Gold star. What else? Okay. I don't care about the color, but that's okay. Nice one. What did you say? Somebody else said. Okay, you know, let's look at this, right? Shape of a shield. That's cool. It's firm. How about long-lasting? How about it's been here longer than I've been born. It'll be around long after I'm gone. It's solid. (sighs) I'm staring at the rock, and I'm thinking of these attributes of a rock. I'm, I'm considering the rock. And the symbolic speech, that's way number 12. I have no time to teach it. You can get the book or whatever. Symbolic speech is the language in nature. God has put all around you symbols like this. I'm staring at it, and I remembered Psalm 18. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my stronghold. The Lord is my habitation. The Lord is my shield. It's all in there. So I gripped it, and brothers and sisters, I gripped it going into the, into the uh, operation. I gripped it a year later when Satan kicked me and said, you're not going to make it. He kicked me in the mouth. I lost a tooth. He didn't physically kick me, but I physically lost a tooth in the middle of cancer. And it was like the enemy was just kicking me down. You just stay down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rise up, Satan. You're a liar. Because why? The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. I dwell above you, Satan, and you are beneath my feet. You kick him in the face. All right, let's show a clip if we have it. This is a little clip from the series. And this is Corey Tenboom. I went to film the story of the hiding place in Holland. And Sister Corey Tenboom. And I wanted to go to the concentration camp in Germany where she was held. And I contacted them. I, I said, Hey, can I can I contact you? I said, Can I come? And the current stronghold of the enemy over that evil place is still there. And they said no. We don't want you to come here and tell your stories of hope. I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, Lord, Lord, what do I do? He said, Corey was held in Holland first with her sister Betsy. Go there. I contacted this camp where she was held in chains, and they said, just last month, the whole staff visited the hiding place. Please come and tell your story of Corey. Let's watch this two-minute clip called The Ocean of God's Love of watching. uh, if, If we have it, let's just. Play it. Let's make sure we got. To that. Yeah, Listen we go. carefully to Corey Tenboom's own journal entry of what happened on an incredible morning as she beheld intense suffering and evil right here in this very camp and in the courtyard, just adjacent to where I'm standing today.
2: When I was in a concentration camp during the last war, we had to stand every day for two or three hours for roll call, often in the icy cold wind. That was something terrible. Once a woman guard used these hours to demonstrate her cruelty. I could hardly bear to see and hear what happened in front of me. Suddenly a skylark started to sing high in the sky. We all looked up, and when I looked to the sky and listened to its song, I looked still higher and thought of Psalm 103, verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. Suddenly I saw that this love of God was a greater reality than the cruelty that I experienced myself and saw around me. Oh, the love of God, how deep and great, far deeper than man's deepest hate. God sent that skylark every day for three weeks, just at the time of roll call, to give us an opportunity to turn away our eyes from the cruelty of men, to the ocean of God's love. Corrie ten Wow.
0: Isn't that awesome? Every day for three weeks, God sends the Skylark. They sing their songs of praise to him. And Corey looks up and beholds the love of God in the midst of the pit of hell. There is no place you can turn where God's love is not deeper still than the hate and the and the wickedness around you. Now, I don't have time to teach you today on Providence, but get the recording from last night. You can watch A whole 20 minutes on the subject of providence from the Father, how the Father goes ahead of you into your tomorrow, prepares a great plan for you like the river. He's already putting in the river certain people to meet, and you keep floating, and all of a sudden, you're going to bump into somebody, and it's the providence of God that puts them there. That's providence. There's some notes in your packet for that. Watch the recording from last night. The first half hour is providence, you'll get the full picture. Let's all stand to our feet. I went a little bit over time, but I think we made our point. We just looked at seven of the 21 ways. Heaven is exciting. It's like you can hear God's voice today. Just open his Bible, open your your word, and begin to read it. Open your Bible and begin to perceive the eternal truth and create your own hills to die on. Open your Bible and let the Holy Spirit Breathe upon a scripture that matches your condition and speak that scripture out in the spirit realm. Agree with Jesus and say, it is written, and then proclaim the living word and you will see your circumstances change. Or understand how the Holy Spirit's witness is speaking to you with that green light or red light within you every day. Or the voice of the spirit is strong and he flows out your mind and thoughts. Or you might encounter floating that river the desires of your heart are the will of God, follow those. Or in nature and creation, there's symbols everywhere or there's providence. This morning, just to illustrate nature, I'm gonna close with a, a word that I have for you as a church. It's a sweet little word I got this morning and then I'm gonna pray for you. So just speaking of nature, just like the rock, it's so simple. I'll show you how simple. I'm driving here this morning from the hotel. I, you know, It's the detour, you have to come down around the lake. So I came down around the lake and there's a crane right there. And I was praying over the crane. You all know you have cranes in your lake? Have you ever known that the Holy Spirit can symbolically speak to you through a crane? So just instantly I see the crane, and I'm looking at the crane in nature as I'm driving by, and I saw in the Spirit a giant crane over the city. And it was like in, in, in Belfast, there's these two cranes, and their named Samson and Goliath is the Belfast. They've, they've named them that because they built the Titanic. They're still there. There's, I saw one of those. I don't know if it was Samson or Goliath, but it was one of those cranes. And it was in town. And what the crane was doing was it was, it was slowly coming down with its big, you know, uh, bucket. And it was picking all of you up, all the members of, of this location, and swinging around and then bringing you down to your new location. Now, it gets one, one step better. As I see this happening, the Lord says to me, heart transplant. So he was taking what he's put in you as a congregation here, your your heart, the expression of Jesus' heart for the community, he's picking that up and he's transplanting it into new soil or a new location. So in your new location, you're going to be exhibiting the very heart and passion and love of Jesus to that area of, of place that you're called to. Now, he's put a little piece of his heart in every church in town. And they're serving in their capacity. But yours is going to be translated from here to the new location. And then the heart of Jesus is going to be there. And I got Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And it is the treasure of the awesome, eternal Lord Jesus Christ that's being planted there. It's going to flow out of your hearts for the people in the community. Amen. All that from a crane by the lake. That was worth the price of admission. Okay, let's pray. I want to pray for you guys, and I want to pray an impartation for you. If we have worship, uh, a worship, there we go. Thank you. Just uh, uh, a bit of worship, and uh, I want to pray a prayer of impartation of all seven of these ways that we talked about today, and I hope that you will take this prayer and activate your faith and begin hearing God's voice today. So raise your hands with me to the Lord. Let me pray a blessing over you. So Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just speak a fresh release, a fresh measure of faith. Lord, you said in your word, you've given to each one a measure of faith, a measure of the spirit. I pray that measure would be increased today for each person here. In the name of Jesus, I pray for an increase of impartation, an increase of the measure of faith that you will begin to understand who the Lord is in the established word, even clearer. You'll get into that word and devotion. In the name of Jesus, I release fresh words from the word for yourselves and for people in your cell phone list. Begin to listen to God and get those words from the word, even starting today. I speak a fresh impartation of the witness and the voice and the desires of the heart all flowing from the heart of the Holy Spirit for you. I declare to you, you will take a walk with God in nature and hear his voice this very week. And I speak a providential circumstance to take place for you. Well, you will know that you know that you know your father has gone ahead of you to impart and speak and create something special so you can love on him and praise him and thank him. And I bless each of you now in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, amen. All right. Amen. Here you go, Pastor Bob.
2: All right. We're going to just dismiss you, but he'll be at the book table, and then he'll be speaking uh, tonight in Chippewa. So bring some friends to that as well. God bless you guys. Uh, See him at the table. God bless you.